0: Hello everyone, welcome to In the Neighborhood with your hosts, Tim Johnson and Stacy Borgo. Together, they are finding out what makes the heart of the Heartland Beat. They sit down with people in your community that lead organizations, businesses, and government. You'll learn who they are and what they're involved in and why. They are the people in your neighborhood. It's In the Neighborhood with Stacey Borgo and Tim Johnson.
1: Hi, Stacy. How you doing? I'm great. How are you, Tim? Doing good. Living in the neighborhood, you know? That's right. <laughs> Did you know that Borjo is in the middle of the neighborhood? I do. Neighborhood? I think I pointed it out <laughs> to you one time. It's right in the middle, Borjo, right? Yeah, plain as a. Everybody's neighborhood, no matter She's what. You can't avoid it. We're <laughs> in the neighborhood. <laughs> uh, thanks for watching. This is In the Neighborhood. We talk about um, community difference makers and really. Our goal is to provide opportunities for people to volunteer and be involved with our community. Um, You can complain about Peoria all you want, but um, you're not gonna make a difference until you actually get out there and volunteer. Volunteer heroes, right? We're looking for those volunteer heroes. Uh, Watch for us on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Peoria TV, that's I3 Broadband. Channel 17 and WPEO. And we're live on Facebook right now. So uh, welcome. And today we're getting to welcome our guests, uh, Julie Tomby and uh, Everly Davis. Welcome. Thank you
0: for Thank you having us.
1: So you are one of the, you're part of the Thousand Pound Projects, at least the Thousand Pounds kicked you off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about what your project is.
0: Well, Pure Grin is a volunteer um, team that's working on food insecurities issue in Peoria. So when we were looking into um, issues that we projects that we wanted to take on for the leadership for the thousand pound, um, this was one of the things that resonated with the team and we thought, okay, what can we do about this? So we spent about a year looking into the issues and looking at what other there projects and issues that we can work on and we came up with two initiatives one of this is getting access to healthy food and the other part is the education component part of it. So the access part is we're trying to work with each zip code that we feel that was impacted with the closure of the Kroger stores by working with local community gardeners in those zip codes, um, trying to connect them to the residents in each of the zip codes so that they can get access to fresh, affordable food. The second part is the educational component, which we felt was kind of missing and we're like, you know, what can we do with that? So we came up with a grocery store visits Mm. that we're partnering with hy and they have their local dietitian there in the store that's going to work with our participants and educating them on how to shop and buy on a limited budget.
1: Mm.
0: And then we're working on cooking classes, which we're also partnering with Hy-Vee Dietitian, who's conducting those classes. But we're also working with a local organization uh, in Pure Friendship House. So our thing is that we wanted to work in each zip code by partnering with a local organization that's already there because mm. we feel that they have... Um, the connection to the uh, residents in this community, they can lend their expertise to us, and also they have the trust built within those communities. So, mm. um, so we're doing those classes right now. We actually launched them last month. So we have one for adults and we have one for the kids. So those are the two things that we felt that are really kind of huge component to the food insecurity issues that we feel that we want to really tackle Another big part of our project is on the access component, is trying to get um, the EBT card users to uh, be able to use their card for online groceries. Because mm-hmm. as you know now, all the grocery stores are offering free online grocery deliveries. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, we felt that you know since it's great for people like us, we can afford it, we have cars, we can drive, but for people in the lower income, that's some of the things that they have a hard time getting is the access. They don't have sometimes reliable transportation and, or it's the time to go shopping because they're working multiple jobs may be hard. So we're like, if we have this available already, why don't we allow them to be able to you know, buy the groceries by paying it with their EBT cards? Because right now for most groceries, you, know, you have to have a credit card to, okay. to buy your groceries online. Mm-hmm. But if we allow them to use the EBT cards, here we go. You know, anybody can use them. And they can get the food delivered, almost at no cost to their home. So that's a huge initiative that we're working. Um, you know, we're trying to get Senator Weaver's really behind us, and we're trying to work with all the different local politicians in town too to see how we can get that eventually. You know, mm-hmm. uh, available to everyone in our city. So not available yet, but that's what your goal is. Yes, yeah. it's not available yet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, there is a pilot that's right now being piloted by the USDA. Um, so they are try- and I think they realize that this is a huge op- opportunity to mm-hmm. eliminate the word food desert. Because if you allow anybody to buy online, there's really no reason to have food deserts anymore. Anybody can buy anywhere. So um, they're piloting that right now. So we're hoping to see some good results from there. And then eventually hoping to see that the federal government will open that to everybody. And uh, I think that will be a huge win for everybody and everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's define
1: food desert for those listening.
0: Well, a food desert is basically areas in a community where you don't have easy access to a grocery store, Mm -hmm. you know, like someone that's within a walking distance. So for us, like the food deserts right now that we have in our community is 61603 and 04, because we had those two grocery stores that kind of closed down. So now for those residents, in order to get to the closest stores, either... They have to travel quite far with local if they don't have cars as mm-hmm. local transportation getting on a bus and I think we have you know articles recently written by period journal star about one particular resident that she has to take like two buses or so to get the closest and it's you know like for example like this last winter it's been horrendous imagine having to do that in such a bad weather trying to get to a grocery store mm-hmm. lugging those things home I mean, that's difficult. I mean, for me and you, it's easy. We have a car, mm-hmm. and we can do it in our own time when we want. But for the low-income family, there are other challenges, too. You know, a lot of them are sometimes parents are working different jobs, and schedules, trying to schedule someone to watch their kids and then try to do grocery store runs at those times. So we felt that the access part is really a, a huge piece of that food insecurity issue that we would like to look at. And I think we're trying to figure out what other ways. Uh, we definitely don't have the answers, but we're working with different organizations in the city. So we're and um, hoping to learn a little bit more, but we think that the, in, the access part is the, the critical part right now for those zip codes. So we can get the online part available. I think that will really address... small portion of that we don't think it's going to solve the issue but i think we're heading in the right direction with that
1: you know you're talking about grabbing groceries and taking them on a bus i I picture we have a family of four when we're shopping for a week we've got a cart full of stuff Mm -hmm. yes trying to get in and out of a bus plus carry all that stuff would be insane i'm picturing the whole thing of I don't know if I could handle that. That would mean I'd have to go shopping a lot more.
0: More frequently. More
1: frequently to be able to carry all of those things.
0: Yeah, so like last week we had our grocery store visits in one of those education. and I had two ladies that participated and they had some disabilities. And um, what we do is we we transport them. So they all meet at Friendship House, and we have a van, and we take them to Hy-Vee. And they were like, so we were asking them, how do you do it during those months when you don't, because they don't have a car? They said, it's hard. We're relying on family and friends to be able to take us. And because we have disability, getting up and down those buses is an additional challenge that we have to deal with. Mm -hmm. So um, so those were good insights for us to kind of see what are some of those things that you know, we may not even be aware of. You know, like we just think of you know, just carrying this, but what happened with people with disabilities? That's even a bigger roadblock for them. So when we mentioned, like, if you get to be able to order your groceries online, she's like, that would be fabulous. I can just do it on my phone. Or mm-hmm. you know, even if I don't do it on my phone, I can go to the nearest library and get online and order it. And it'll be in my home. And I don't have to worry about you know getting rights and figuring out how to do it on, on the bus. And especially winter months, she's like, this last cup has been so bad. I don't really want to go out because mm-hmm. I'm afraid I trip and fall. So those are some of those you know, real challenges that we sometimes don't think about. Mm-hmm.
1: How did did you guys get involved?
0: Do you want to go? Well,
2: um, Senator Weaver reached out to Julie, and each of the teams with Thousand Pound Project um, has a mentor, so Julie had a mentor. And then um, all of the teams are, well, especially Julie, has made sure that our team is culturally, racially diverse. So then she reached out to individuals that she thought would help Mm-hmm. Um, with this project and be invested in it. So um, Julie actually knew another Julie because I was at Bradley <laughs> at the time. Yes. And then that Julie reached out to me and okay. um, because she knew that I was a um, student that was gonna be staying in the area because I am born and raised in Peoria. And so this was near and near to my heart because I actually have always lived in 61603. So I am very tied to this project because I would love to see you know the impact of healthy food accessibility within my own neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it really was just kind of word of mouth. Who do I know that's gonna be passionate about this as well? That is Peoria minded, Peoria forward um, to be able to help create a great impact in our city. Yeah, so cool.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what we I loved about this Thousand Pound Project when Senator Weaver launched it, was that to try to engage the different ethnic community mm-hmm. in our city, because we're so many of us. And sometimes finding a way to get engaged was we don't really know where to go. But this was a great way to pull us, and also to let us reach out to younger generation of from that different vibe. So our group is made out of all different nationalities, which is wonderful. And then when we sit down and look at a project, we look at it from so many different angles and you yeah. know, based on and culturally and stuff like that. And that part also we're taking into our projects. So like when we look at six one six oh three, when we started working in that neighborhood, we a lot of Hispanic lives in that area. So even our cooking classes and stuff that we work, we try to be very culturally sensitive and trying to figure out, okay, how do we do with the demographic and the ethnicity of that group that we're working Mm -hmm. in our, our recipes and the different fruits and vegetables that we're trying to incorporate in our classes so we we're trying to take that too into our uh program so being cognizant of that is huge too and it's a great learning experience because i lived here for so long i didn't realize you know how there's so different many you know you stay in your own little group and you get comfortable and then you start working like oh okay i'm learning how to cook different recipes making it healthier Mm -hmm. so it's been a learning experience for all of us
2: and one of those things also with us being so culturally diverse Mm -hmm. is um within our cooking classes we we're trying to change the perception of what healthy eating is so one of the things is you know healthy eating doesn't mean oh you're going to eat a salad because for a lot of people like Mm -hmm. for me for instance I didn't grow up eating salads. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you're going to have to find a recipe that has flavors that are going to be nostalgic and familiar to me Mm -hmm. and find a way to make it healthy. So like with our adult cooking class, we found out that our demographic there is more Hispanic. So we're going to try and find those flavors and dishes that are probably going to be more familiar to them and just find good ingredient substitutes so that they're like, hey, I can tackle this. Mm -hmm. I can eat this. Mm -hmm. Something else we've done is we um, so I Translate our recipes into Spanish.
1: Spanish. Wow! And mm-hmm.
2: I make sure that I'm present in the classes to help translate things for mm-hmm. people that are more, you know, Spanish dominant than English. Um, with our kids, we make sure that we find kid-friendly recipes. So for our first class, we did yes. nachos, but we made them healthy. We did sweet potato Potatoes. nachos, oh. and kids loved it. So we do try and make sure that we are appealing to them mm-hmm. and not trying to give them something so brand-spanking new. Sure. So. Kind of like tacos. Yeah. Yes, I
1: love tacos, and they can be very they healthy. Can
0: be healthy. Yes, and the, it was the kids. It was funny to see their reaction oh, because yeah. they were like, "Sweet potatoes, tacos," but then when they started eating, they were like. This is great. This is yummy. Yeah. And, and and the other big part is after this classes we do give them the ingredients, identical ingredients to take home. Mm-hmm. So we want to make it as easy as possible for them to replicate the meals. So that they are more inclined to try it at home. So like few of the kids like, I'm gonna home this weekend and try and do this for mommy and daddy. Which is great. And that's mm-hmm. what we want to encourage them in that, you know, and then like Evelyn was saying, we're hoping they go home and they'll take this and mix a little bit of twists onto their
2: mm-hmm.
0: tacos that they usually make at home, mm-hmm. but with more healthy ingredients. So sure. That's a big part of us too, is trying to change the perception that healthy and healthy eating is um very expensive Um, there is different ways to go about doing it and Mm -hmm. and I think for people like us it's easier because we get access to all this information and stuff but for the low income sometimes it's just so busy trying to do so many things and they're trying to take care of so many things that sometimes this is not the top of their priority so we're trying to teach we're not trying to teach but we're trying to give them access to exposure you can with what you already have but we can give you different tricks of traits of Mm -hmm. how to get this be a healthy meal for your family and hopefully maybe stretch your budget a little bit too. Yeah. That's
1: mm-hmm. really exciting. Sounds like you have a pretty good sized team that's putting this together.
0: Yes, we do. I think that there are six of us and we are all, you know, we're all working full time, so this is a passion project for all of us. And we all come from very diverse background. Um so it's it's great, and everyone's kind of passionate about this issue, and everyone lives in the city, and we're, like Emily said, we're passionate about wanting to help our city move forward. Um, the beauty of a small team like us is that we're very nimble and we're quick to do things, so aligning and leveraging us with other organizations, that's the great way to kind of start really looking at this issue and tackling it. Um, We think there is a lot of great work out there. There's a lot of organization that's working there. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to be able to um, work in collaboration more with those organizations and just be able to go in and really start looking at this issue maybe from a different angle and see if we can reach, by being smaller, we can reach to the neighborhoods one at a time and maybe create the impact that we're hoping to see. So that's our goal. So how can we help or how
1: can, if someone wants to get involved, if they love what you just shared, like... How do they get a hold of you, and can they come join you?
2: Of course, they can come join us. Um, with cooking classes, it more we don't necessarily need volunteers for that. But um, except for like our adult cooking classes, mm-hmm. because we do provide free childcare, because we're trying to make it open to all types of parents, and we know sure. there are a lot of parents that have kids, obviously. Um, and that seems to be an issue. Is like, oh well, I can't go to this because uh-huh. what am I going to do with my kids? Sure. You know? So bring your kids, someone will watch you, and of course, anyone that wants to volunteer to come help watch the kids, that's fantastic. We have our adult cooking classes every second Friday of the month from okay. 6 to 7. Um, our kids' cooking classes are from 4 to 5, so we actually have been working with um, kids that are already in Friendship House's after-school program, okay. which buses the kids straight to the center. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Um, and this is our way of giving them their afternoon snack, and then they get to take it home and you know have the groceries. Um, with the grocery store visits, um, people can come Mm -hmm. just join Join the visit. visit. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really how they can get in contact and we'll get in contact with us. We have a Facebook page, period grown. Mm Okay. We have, um, a website, which is a mouthful.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) it's. Hmm. Puria we'll, Groni. We'll okay, below. yes, so great,
1: can,
0: awesome. So <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and another thing, we, we are definitely looking for funding too. I mean, because yeah. all the classes, um, it's $150 per class that we're paying um, to get the groceries and also to provide the additional grocery for the participants to go out. Right now, we have phenomenal support from Hive and they are a sponsor for those classes. Mm-hmm going forward, we'll be looking for sponsorship for those to continue those classes. Um, we do have a sustainability plan that we're working on, so eventually we don't have to do donations and drive like that, so we're trying to look at different ways of maybe creating a program out of Pure Grown to be able to sustain our programs like you know a food vending machine or maybe a grocery store, a mini co-op store, or even a greenhouse that sells some fresh fruit and vegetables directly that the income will go back to Pure Grown. So we're looking at those sustainability plans. As part of our program growth, but um, but that's right now. That's you know something that we are definitely going to be looking for is some you know support and sponsorship to help us continue those classes because we want to grow not only to the 61603 zip codes, but eventually to 04, 05, 06, and because all those zip codes need them, and we're hoping to eventually even go to the schools, you know, mm-hmm. um, and stuff. So. Whatever ways you can help us, we'll be, we'll be open to it. You know, basically that's it.
1: So one easy way is uh, Peoria Grown on Facebook. Just yes. do a search. Mm-hmm. Is there, there's no spaces in that for no. the search and mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. So Peoria Grown is probably one of the better ways to do that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, there's some pretty cool things with what you guys are doing. I love to see that you guys see a hole and you're filling it and uh, really taking care of people there. So what's, tell us some of your success stories that you've had.
0: Do you wanna do the cooking classes?
2: Sure, okay. So with, I think I see the most um, success with the kids in their cooking classes, because for a lot of them, eating healthy sounds gross. (laughs) Especially when you have green things. Um, So we just encourage each kid to take at least one bite And it was phenomenal to see. So we did two recipes in our first class. We did tuna boats like in like cucumbers. Mm -hmm. And um, we also did the sweet potato nachos. And the kids immediately thought they were gonna like the nachos like more, which a lot of them did. Mm -hmm. But after we like encouraged them to take one bite of the tuna boats, there was none left. And even <laughs> even kids that were not in the class making it because there were smaller kids, we yes. only allow kids eight and up, up in the kitchen because we aren't using stoves, ovens, things like that. Um, they were taking it out to the smaller Another kids. kids yes. And they were all crowding around the kitchen and they're like, oh, can we take some home? And we had extra groceries for the smaller kids to even take home. And they're like, yeah, we can make this at home with mom. I'm like, that's awesome. Yes. Yes. So um, they are getting inspiration in the kitchen as well like oh I, I can do this and mm-hmm. confidence as well because we try and help them like what's what are the proper techniques to cut and how do we wash things mm-hmm. and how do we know what's good what's bad I mean even showing them some produce they didn't know the names yes. of mm-hmm. so it's just all of that exposure and now they're like oh and this tastes like this I do kind of like this you know so
1: yeah and if they're out sharing with other kids yeah. and uh-huh. they're liking it they're getting success and mm-hmm. feeling success for their themselves. Thank you, Julie and Everly of Thousand Pounds Project. And what's the name of, of your project? Is it Peoria Pior- Grown? Okay, so Peoria Grown. So make sure you go and check that out um, on Facebook. And uh, if you would, take the time and share this program. Uh, again, we're on Facebook and YouTube. So if you're on Indeed and want it, or LinkedIn and you want to... <laughs> I always do that with LinkedIn. <laughs> I haven't
0: <YouTube>. heard that <laughs> one yet.
1: If, if you want to do that on LinkedIn, you can uh, share directly from YouTube, and some of those are more successful than the Facebook ones. So uh, make sure you share it there. And uh, thanks for watching today, and thank you guys for joining us in the neighborhood. Thank
2: you. Thank you. you.
1: Thanks.